So America's leader is out to lunch, right? And that's unfortunate in this moment of crisis. But the Israelis have Benjamin Netanyahu, and I believe he is the man for this moment. Yeah, there's a lot of controversy around him, but he is tough, he is smart, he's experienced. He's had all the jobs, basically, you can have in, in the Israeli government. And did you know this? He actually went to high school in New Jersey. He worked in furniture here in America. He went to MIT here in America. Um, but he also served in the Israeli military. I mean, this man is Israeli through and through. And you know, there are nearly 200 hostages being held by Hamas, including women and children, in Gaza right now, and saving hostages is literally in this man's blood. Who remembers back in the 1970s, the raid on Entebbe? Now, it started with a hijacking, 1976, an Air France flight from Israel to France, uh, flown first to Greece, then Libya, and then Entebbe, Uganda, where, I mean, Idi Amin Dada, remember that crazy guy? He was about to grant the Palestinian terrorists um, full kind of asylum and maybe throw all of the Jewish prisoners in jail. But the Israeli military rescued all, nearly all of the hostages. Take a look. There were funerals in both Israel and Uganda today. The results of Israel's weekend raid to rescue more than 100 hostages from pro-Palestinian hijackers at Entebbe Airport in Uganda. But there were other results, too, from the rescue operation, which has been hailed as audacious and as a blow to terrorists around the world. The Israeli military flew C-130 cargo planes all the way to Uganda, dangerous refueling stops along the way. They painted the aircraft in the colors of the Ugandan Air Force, and they also had a special car with Ugandan flags on the front to fake out the Ugandan soldiers who were used to guard the uh, hostages. It was a huge victory for Israel. Um, and American media reports from that time continue. Israel is keeping some of the details secret, but it's known that three American-made transports flew two and a half thousand miles to Uganda, carrying Israeli commandos armed and ready for combat. In 36 minutes, they killed seven hijackers and 20 Ugandan soldiers reportedly also destroying MiG fighters of the Ugandan Air Force. And they helped the hostages to the waiting planes and took off for Nairobi in Kenya. So it was an amazing success, but it wasn't perfect. Yes, they lost hostages, uh, the three on the left, passengers on that plane, and the man on the right, he was 33-year-old Yonatan Netanyahu, the commander of the military operation. And yep, he was Bibi's older brother. What an amazing family, right? I just, I've always been fascinated by this mission, and that happened. So, um, Benjamin Netanyahu, we should have a lot of confidence in him. And also, he's just a common sense guy. When it comes to weapon systems and Ukraine, only, if only Joe Biden did something like this. We are also helping Ukraine. We're helping them uh, uh, in uh, civilian defense an alert, civilian alert system that prevents, that will uh, obviate the need to get half the country uh, in shelters for every missile fired. Uh, so we're helping them with that. I think it's important to understand that we're concerned also with uh, the possibility that systems that we would give to Ukraine would fall in, uh, uh, would fall into Iranian hands uh, and could be reverse engineered 
uh, and we would find ourselves facing Israeli systems used against Israel. That is smart. That is common sense. And the Biden administration doesn't seem to be worried about that one bit. The State Department is worried. Worried. They're writing memos saying this stuff is going to fall into the hands of the black market. Bibi is on top of it. Our government is not. And there's something else I saw from him once on the news. You know, uh, a lot of folks, let's face it, you know, we don't stay up on the Middle East. Uh, it's a little bit confusing. But he made this point. I think he was on, like, CNN in 1990. And he had a big map of the Middle East, kind of like that, kind of like this, okay? And he said, you know, the Arab world, I'm going to actually cover my hand with the Arab world, right? This is the Arab world. All of this is the Arab world. Israel is half a finger, half a finger, and they want to take it from him. I found that uh, very interesting and, and very enlightening. Uh, on top of that half finger, by the way, is Lebanon. And Lebanon is the home of Hezbollah. We haven't heard a lot of about Hezbollah in recent years. In the early 1980s, it was a different story. I mean, there was a huge war to the south. Remember Beirut? There were American hostages being taken by Hezbollah. It was one chaotic place. In the decades since, it's kind of pacified. They've got great resorts. They've got casinos. It looks like a lot of fun. But Hezbollah is still a force to be reckoned with. And there is concern that they will get involved in this uh, conflict. Uh, it's a Lebanese Shia Islamist militant group. Yes, they get money from Iran, and their aim as well is to eradicate the Israeli state. So where does this leave us? Let's go back home here to America, and we got a taste of extra Sleepy Joe. When Donald Trump first named him Sleepy Joe, I didn't really quite get it. Now I totally get it. And yeah, extra sleepy. Take a look. People of Israel, lived through one such moment this weekend. The bloody hands of the terrorist organization Hamas, a group whose stated purpose for being is to kill Jews, entire families slain, young people massacred while attending a musical festival to celebrate peace, to celebrate peace. All right. Now, women raped, assaulted, paraded. It's all terrible. We've been hearing about it. We know it. He's very late. He's late. Two days went by. He didn't say anything really about this. He doesn't mention Iran today as he spoke about this. And, you know, the tone, for one moment, I thought he was talking about MAGA, right? MAGA or January 6th. He has that same kind of way about him. The defeated former president of the United States watched it all happen as he sat in the comfort of the private dining room next to the Oval Office. While he was doing that, brave law enforcement officer subject to the medieval hell for three hours, dripping in blood, uh, surrounded you, by carnage. You know what I mean? I mean, this is, this is what he does. He thinks he does it well, talking about gruesome stuff. It's almost like he has some sort of fetish about this. Anyway, um, do you think this is going to stop anyone? He didn't specifically mention Iran today. But he did offer a vague warning to pretty much, I don't know, the world. Any country, any organization, anyone thinking of taking advantage of this situation, I have one word. Don't. 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 Ooh. 
Why would not say Iran? Do not do it. Or else. You had to say something else. Or else. This, uh, this doesn't work. We know from your administration. Remember when Kamala Harris went down to uh, Central America with that <laughs> very similar word of advice? I want to be clear to folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come. Yeah, <laughs> that worked. So uh, don't, do not come. And Obama was really good with the false warnings too. Today I want to make it absolutely clear to Assad and those under his command, the world is watching. The use of chemical weapons is and would be totally unacceptable. And if you make the tragic mistake of using these weapons, there will be consequences and you will be held accountable. But there weren't, and they weren't. Uh, empty threats, empty warnings. That's what uh, Democrats do. And the result is, yeah, Hamas moving in and opening fire on Jews. You know, I remember growing up, uh, I have no personal experience with the Holocaust, of course, but I do remember the phrase again and again in TV movies and books, never again, that this would never again happen. Genocide against a religion, against a race, but it's, it's happening. And millions of people in America are okay with it. These mass demonstrations coming out in support of terrorists, including Black Lives Matter. You know, they have been, oh boy, thumbs up to all of this as a radical black organization grounded in abolitionist ideals. We see clear parallels between black and Palestinian people uh, for lasting peace to come. The entire apartheid system must be dismantled. The war on the Palestinian people must cease. They have it so incredibly backwards. They are glorifying the murderers, those who want to eradicate Jews. This is a mob. This is the mob that we in America should be worried about. Too many people are consumed with the Twitter mob, the woke mob, right? What will they say about us on social media? This is what we should be focused on. The Islamic fascists who are still out there and they know we are vulnerable. How? Because of that woke stuff. I mean, you don't think they have the Internet and moments like this didn't give them thought that, hey, we have an opportunity here. Uh, Brie is also the uh, one of the highest ranking transgender service members in the military and is the highest ranking transgender service member in the Department of the Air Force. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, amazing. A transgender officer in the military in the U.S. Air Force. Uh, tell us more, Brie are an inspiration to many, right? Uh, you are breaking barriers. And um, it's important though for us, I think for everyone to understand kind of what motivates you, right? What keeps you, what inspires you, what keeps you motivated? You know, what really keeps me motivated is the people that are gonna come after us. Some people have called me a trailblazer in some of the things that I do. And that's something I really embrace. All right, what that's that fine, that's fine. You know who's gonna come after us? You know who's really gonna come after us? These guys, Hamas, terrorists. And people like Brie, no offense, uh, are not making us safer. They're making us more and more vulnerable. We look weak. We look pathetic. And we better fix this fast. Coming up, 
When did the CIA get so weird? It used to be serious. It used to be strong. It used to be smart. William uh, Colby there, the, the head of the CIA. Now we've got these maniacs who have Trump derangement syndrome out to be social media stars like John Brennan, like Michael Hayden. You'll be surprised when we come back. Information. Truth is power, is freedom, is money, is health, is Newsmax. Millions watch it, so can you. Newsmax is real news for real people. Let me tell you the secret to stressing less. Sleep more. No matter how much I'm struggling to relax, I know I can always rely on Relaxium sleep to calm my nerves and get me to sleep through the night. Relaxium helps me calm down and relax so I can actually fall asleep. Because if we don't get enough sleep, we're not capable of functioning to our full potential. No sleep means the next day you're less alert, less attentive, and slower to process new information. It's crucial that we safeguard our health and reset our body's natural sleep cycle. That's why Relaxium sleep is so important. Relaxium is drug-free and not addictive. It also has no side effects, which means it's safe to take every night. And for us, it started working from the very first night. We fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up ready to go in the morning. Join the hundreds of thousands of people who've experienced the relief and health benefits from getting a great night's sleep and get Relaxium sleep. When I found out about Relaxium, my life changed. It really did. Headaches, nightmares, all of that has disappeared. Yeah, Relaxium has been a miracle for us. Since I've been getting the rest, it's improved our marriage. I don't even know how we lived for 30 years without it, because now... I know this man differently than I knew him before. Relaxium Sleep is studied, tested, and designed by a neurologist to help you fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer, and wake up refreshed. To experience less stressful days, we've got to shoot for more peaceful nights. And in Relaxium, we've found our secret weapon. Call now to restart your sleep cycle in as little as one night. I'm telling you, Relaxium is the real deal. Mike Huckabee is so confident that Relaxium will work for you, he's asked us to give away one bottles. Call and get your risk-free bottle of Relaxium Sleep now. It's guaranteed to work or your money back. Call 800-424-1060 or visit TryRelaxium.com. That's 800-424-1060 or visit TryRelaxium.com. Higher taxes and corruption? With ex-supervisor John Kamen, we get both. Taxes soared every year under Kamen, skyrocketing by a total of 44%. And those closest to him racked up criminal indictments. The district attorney called Kamen's dirty cronies a systemic ring of greed and corruption. Supervisor Jen DeSena is cutting taxes and stopping Kamen corruption in North Hempstead. Re-elect Supervisor Jen DeSena. Tommy Tuberville, we're counting on you. Do not fold, and I know he won't. He is the great U.S. Senator from Alabama, former coach at Auburn. And, you know, he's holding up uh, senior military promotions because the Pentagon's playing all kinds of games. They are facilitating abortions when it's against the law. He says, no, you can't do that. He also says, you want to promote somebody that needs Senate confirmation? That's fine. 
but we'll do it one at a time. You can't send us uh, 5,000 names and we just uh, stamp it. It doesn't work that way anymore. I like it. Uh, although the fake news and the left, they are faux panicking. It's not really an issue, but they're trying to pretend that Tommy is somehow disrupting uh, the matter in the Middle East, Israel and Hamas. He's totally fine, has nothing to do with it. But take a look. You still have this crazy senator from Alabama, Tommy Tuberville, who's holding up the nominations of hundreds of senior U.S. military officers, in effect decimating a, a generation of those officers who are trying to move to their new posts with their families. Their kids can't even start school. I've heard already that many of them are just saying, I'm getting out. I don't like the way the Republicans are politicizing the military. So there are real consequences to the Republican dysfunction that you see in Washington today. Uh, Joe Biden is the one decimating things. <laughs> this guy is laying it on so thick. Kids can start school. National security readiness is not impacted by this. They are capitalizing on civilians not knowing any better. I'm telling you, Tommy Tuberville is right on this one. He should keep it up and watch the liberals go crazy. Uh, formerly serious people actually go crazy. Michael Hayden was a four-star general and for a time the director of the Central Intelligence Agency. Well, he has Trump derangement syndrome so bad he is gone. Well, he's totally deranged now. He spends all of his time on Twitter. Look at his silly picture on Twitter. Does that look like a former CIA director? Uh, I don't think so. And does this sound like a former CIA director? He just said Tommy Tuberville basically should be killed, right? He thinks he should be eliminated. How about from the human race? Somebody else was saying eliminated from, you know, politics, eliminate him from the human race. That made a lot of people upset. And then he doubled down the way any good social media troll would. But a former CIA director, I was surprised to wake up this morning and discover that many MAGA nuts, thanks, had lost their minds over my suggestion that Coach Tuberville not be considered a member of the human race. I stand by that view. I'm wishing you all a nice day, blah, 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 blah. Uh, give it up with the Trump impression, okay? He's, he can't do it. Uh, he's almost as crazy as another guy, Brennan. Oh, boy, he ran the CIA as well. I can't believe they let these guys, partisans, I mean, totally crazy Democrats, lead that once great agency. I am concerned about the reported side effects of some of the medications that he's been taking uh, in terms of additional confusion, aggression, impulsiveness. Uh, the last thing we need is for Donald Trump to be more confused, more impulsive, more aggressive. He is giving aid and comfort to the enemy, and it needs to stop. And Mr. Trump needs to understand that there are going to be consequences for him, too. That he is leading us down a very dangerous path. Mr. President, uh, do not use division as your tool of governance. Uh, look, look to bring us together, not divide us. Former President Trump makes our country less safe. Talk about the deep state. Uh, those are CIA directors appointed by a Democrat and appointed by a Republican. Uh, you know what's going on here? The more they kind of get people riled up about Trump, the more people will forget their role in bringing this country to war in Iraq. Remember weapons of mass destruction? And George W. Bush and all that stuff about, we have to fight the terrorists over there so they don't hit us here. It was all a scam. It was all a lie. And back then, they tried to make jokes about it, actually make jokes. And they laughed out loud in the swamp. Less than a year after we realized no weapons of mass destruction, George W. Bush, in front of those two swamp guys, made big jokes about one of the most catastrophic things that has ever happened.
Those weapons of mass destruction got to be somewhere. Nope, no weapons over there. Maybe under here. <laughs> Not funny. You know, they tried that for a while. It didn't work. After a while, no weapons of... People died over no weapons of mass destruction, four weapons of mass destruction. There were no weapons of mass destruction. Then people, ooh, this is a great opportunity, just hate Trump and everything's forgiven. Uh, Nicole Wallace, for a time, tried to flirt her way out of the association with uh, no weapons of mass destruction. There she is with Trump in the middle, uh, just kind of hanging out with powerful men. That was her thing. Got her a job at uh, MSNBC. And, uh, yeah, full-time Trump hatred, uh, and everything is forgiven. Donald Trump, the disgraced ex-president, the frontrunner for the Republican nominee for president. It's over. Lights out. Trump cannot do business anymore in New York, and he cannot move money around. Trump weaponized the government. All right, and it goes on and on and on like that. You see, though, they are trying to atone for their own grave, serious, and real sins. Be right back. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax, and we're their heirs, and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. All right, you're looking at former governor of Illinois, Rod Blagojevich. Uh, he has a very interesting perspective on a lot of things. We'll get to him in a moment. First, take a look at what's erupting coast to coast, right? Pro-Hamas rallies, right? Protests, even. I've even seen skirmishes. I've seen some violence here in America. And take a look at this. Black Lives Matter. Remember how many corporations uh, signed up for that nonsense? Well, here's Black Lives Matter, a, a, a chapter of it. I stand with Palestine and glorifying that one of those terrorists parachuting into the concert, the rave, shot it all up. Uh, this branch of Black Lives Matter based in Chicago, and that is where uh, Governor Blagojevich is tonight. Hey, sir, welcome back. How are you? I'm, I'm fine. It's nice to talk to you again, Greg. How you been? Uh, pretty good. And you know what? It's interesting. Uh, I, I think you do have a unique perspective based on all of your experience. You know, you were wrongly uh, prosecuted. You had to go to jail. But you found out a lot about this country and a lot about people and a lot about race, my sense, while you were there. Uh, what do you make of this new tweet? And uh, where does where do things stand overall in America? Well, first of all, thank you very much for saying that. Set the record straight because you're right. I didn't break the law across the line or take a penny, I wouldn't give in. I stood up and fought back. And I did learn a lot through this long, hard journey. And, you know, I was the Democratic governor, first one elected in Illinois in 2002, a very, very different Democratic Party back then. I'm really proud of the fact that when I was a congressman, the NAACP gave me a 90% rating. And yet I see today's Democrat Party, I see this thing that the Chicago chapter of the Black Lives Matter uh, tweeted out, I stand with Palestine with that glider. Uh, celebrating what happened to those poor young people who were at that concert, not to mention all the others who've been victimized by this wicked act by a terrorist organization. And not only does it make me sick, but I'm calling on my Democratic leaders, members of my party, to not only condemn this, but they ought to kick out this chapter out of the Democrat Party. Imagine if this was the KKK or the Nazi Party saying something like this and putting a tweet out like that, how the outrage would be. 
So why don't we apply the same kind of outrage against this group for doing what they just did, celebrating the wickedness and the evil that was done to innocent Jewish people? You know, um, I wish Barack Obama uh, made good on the promise that he was going to address race relations in a more uh, honest way. He didn't. Instead, he exploited race. So here you and I are, too. Uh, we happen to be white. And, uh, you know, I think we can talk about race. He's not. Uh, so many people are afraid to. I want to ask you, from your perspective, in prison and elsewhere, there does seem to be a tension between Jews and elements of the far left, particularly, yeah, in the Black Lives Matter movement, particularly in, the, in, in, in areas of the black community. Um, but it's never discussed. Somehow that's off limits. Uh, first of all, am I right in my observations about BLM and uh, anti-Semitism? No, you're very right. It's, it's very real within that part of the, the, the Democratic constituency, Black Lives Matter. And I would suggest to you, Greg, that Black Lives Matter isn't just black people in it. There's a lot of left-wing socialist white people. The thing that brings them together is this sort of socialist worldview that's predicated not only on economics, but on dividing people along the lines of their skin color, their gender, their sexual orientation. They're not uniters, they're dividers, and they're filled with hate. And uh, that tweet, I think, not only uh, points that out, but it really symbolizes what they stand for. And again, if you're a Democrat and you're behind the kind of principles that made us all Democrats, and part of it is to frankly, embrace Dr. King's dream of judging people not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. The Democrat leaders, Biden, our Governor Pritzker, who happens to be Jewish, and all the others ought to come down hard on this BLM, and they ought to kick them out of the Democratic Party. There should be no room in the Democratic Party for an organization like that, at least that chapter in Chicago that put out that tweet today, because nobody would tolerate the KKK or the Nazi Party, nor should they. Well, you should really follow uh, Governor Blagojevich on Twitter, at Rod Blagojevich. And, um, hey, very quickly, <laughs> can you tell us, I think you had a chance encounter with President Trump when you were governor and he was just a tourist in Chicago, and something happened that, uh, well, we're glad it happened. What happened? Well, I was actually in New York. I was at Madison Square Garden. I was the governor. It was my first year. I was riding high. People were actually talking about me as a presidential candidate before Obama, because I was a little bit before Obama, two years before. And anyway, I was raising money in New York where all that Democrat money is, and my host brought me to Madison Square Garden to watch a boxing match. My security detail got ahead of me to, to uh, get a hold of a freight elevator to get me out of Madison Square Garden quickly. In that freight elevator was Donald Trump, very recognizable, with this beautiful, tall, striking woman with this jet black hair. I remember thinking to myself as I approached that elevator, man, this guy's something else. He dates the most beautiful women. And then my security detail kicked him out of that freight elevator. He complied because they were the police. And he stood on the side. I had the elevator, and thank goodness, Greg, I'm basically a nice guy. I said, please come in and take a ride with us. I shudder to think what would have happened had I not invited him out of that elevator. Because he later freed me from prison. It's, 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 an, it's awesome. You're a good guy. And, um, well, God notices and sees everything, and I do believe. Uh, great story. And uh, thank you. To be continued, Governor Blagojevich, and we'll be right back. Newsmax. Shoots it straight. No talking down to me. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. I trust Newsmax. Newsmax. They don't tell me how to think. They let me decide. Real news for real people. 
Well, Newsmax is very fortunate to have John Huddy on the ground in Israel. Israel, our senior Newsmax correspondent, many years of experience reporting for the Middle East. And tonight he's in Ashkelon, which I understand is uh, very, very close to the Gaza Strip, some three miles or so. John Huddy, great to see you. Wow. Uh, how you doing? Great to see you. I'm doing good, Greg. It's good to be on with you. It's great to see you as well. Uh, yeah, we're just a couple miles north of the Gaza Strip here in Ashkelon. There's a heavy smell of smoke, um, presumably wafting from Ashkelon, and the intense airstrikes that continue, the IDF continues to unleash on Hamas positions there. We witnessed and heard some of that earlier today. We were in Starot, just about two miles uh, from the eastern side of Gaza, uh, we witnessed rockets being fired at Starot, being taken down by the incredible Iron Dome system, which is doing just an amazing job. Also, Hamas uh, unleashed a barrage of rockets at Ashkelon. The sirens were going off all day here and also Tel Aviv as well. This is the IDF has amassed a massive ground force along the border. It's clearing the communities that came under attack from those Hamas terrorists, butchering men, women and children. We're hearing the horror stories and the atrocities that have been committed, but we're also hearing that Israel is getting very close to launching a major ground offensive. I can tell you this, Greg, um, my sources in the IDF, uh, in the combat and engineering corps and brigades have been going through, they've been patching up the, the wall, gaps in the wall where those uh, terrorists were able to get through early Saturday, unleashing that harm. They're fixing the, they're also clearing these communities, number one, of terrorists, including three that were killed here in Ashkelon this evening, and also removing burned, burned out cars that have been booby trapped and bodies as well, Greg. Buildings behind you, um, the lights are on. Are people home? I mean, uh, do yeah. they have to evacuate something that close to Gaza or are they, are they there? Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, so many residents here in Ashkelon um, have stayed. Well, I shouldn't say many, but residents have stayed. When we were in Starot, it was very quiet. A lot of people have evacuated, um, but people are staying inside. Um, this is a city this time of year. Weather's beautiful. It's right on the Mediterranean. There'd be a lot of people out. Cafes would be open. Restaurants would be open. Everybody is staying inside. One, because of the threat of continuous rocket attacks, and two, because of the threat of infiltration by Hamas terrorists. As I said earlier this evening, three were killed in a very intense, from what we're told, firefight, a gunfight between IDF soldiers and those militants. So there's the continued threat of Hamas trying to penetrate and infiltrate these cities and communities, Greg. Wow. All right. And I, I guess there's a um, we're hearing that there's about to be any moment now a ground invasion, that the Israeli forces are going to yeah. go into uh, Gaza there. Is that your sense as well? That's happening, right? Th th that That's my understanding, yes. I mean, they're, they're basically softening up, um, you know, the, the Hamas-controlled and the Hamas strongholds in Sajaiya, in Beit Hanun. This is in the northern, eastern part of Gaza. And really, you know, all throughout the Strip, they're just pummeling Hamas. And, and I can tell you, these are strongholds because I was there. Back in 2014, you remember, I, I remember doing live shots with you um, and, and I went into these areas and saw the Hamas, you know, militants and terrorists for myself after firefights with the Israeli forces. They use hospitals for command centers. They use schools to keep their, their weapons in um, and they used hotels that at the time were uh, being used by journalists as also command centers as well. And that is the case again uh, this time around as well, Greg.
All right. Now, it also seems, you know, it's quiet. I know it's the middle of the night right now. I mean, is the yeah. tempo going down? D does it feel like the worst is over? I know we think they're going to go in on the ground, but mm -mm. it feels like a lull. I mean, is, is that fair? Yeah. I, I think that's fair. I, 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 you know, I remember this happening in 2014. It would get quiet and then everything, all hell would break loose. Um, and keep in mind, there's also serious concern about the northern border with Lebanon. Remember, there's been cross-border yeah. fighting, including today. Rockets were fired from Lebanon at Israel. Israel responded with airstrikes, with tank fire. So the concern, Greg, is that Hezbollah or maybe factions or splinter groups of Hezbollah are trying to provoke Israel into a fight in order to create a multi-front war here in Israel. That would ultimately probably bring in Israel's allies, including the United States. Wow. Hey, John, finally, only a few seconds left. we got to let you go. Uh, where do you sleep? Sure. <laughs> well, you're right there in the middle of the battlefield. It, it, where, where do you sleep? It, in a hotel. Oh. <laughs> in a hotel, fortunately, for now, in a hotel. Yeah, we're being taken care of, but yeah. uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow, Greg. Wow. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a densely populated place. Or, John or today. Or, or today, I should say. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Stay safe, please, right. sir. And, uh, wow, yeah. um, we'll see you Thank soon you. at home, I hope. Thank you very much. We will, of course. Thank John you, Huddy, you bet. We'll be right back. And how much more do we know about how deeply involved Iran was in the initial planning of this attack? No evidence that says that they were involved specifically with these attacks and participating, planning, resourcing. That said, George, clearly uh, they have supported Hamas now for many, many years. Uh, they need to read the newspaper a bit more at the White House. Uh, this obfuscating and denialism is uh, something else. Hey, we're joined by Christian Witten, senior advisor, former in the Trump administration and the George W. Bush administration. And uh, he's now at the Center for the National Interest. Also, Fred Flights. Welcome back, sir. Senior fellow at the America First Policy Institute and also a veteran of the Trump administration. Gentlemen, uh, first to you. Fred, I had a guy on earlier from uh, from Israel, right outside of Gaza. It seemed like things were kind of dying down a little bit in a good way. Is there any way that this thing could be over sooner than we think? No, I, I don't think so. And the, yeah. the difficult part is about to begin. There's going to be a ground operation in, in the Gaza Strip. There's going to be urban warfare. Uh, the, the Israeli ground forces are going to be facing booby traps. There's going to be terrible video with civilians being killed. And the reason is that Hamas has to be wiped out as a military force, as a terrorist organization, but also as the ruling authority of the Gaza Strip. Gaza has become a safe haven for terrorism. Frankly, Israel and the world tolerated this for a while. They've crossed the line. They now have to be destroyed. And I'm afraid it is going to be a long and bloody struggle. Damn. Uh, yeah, you can bomb all day, all night for six weeks, and you still got to fight a ground war. Christian Witten, yeah. uh, what's top of mind for you this evening? Well, I just, uh, Mar I think Fred is absolutely right. I think that, that Hamas needs to be ground into dust. These are merciless savages. Uh, but, but something that the White House and much of Washington refuses to see is that this is an instrument of the Iranian regime. You know, we tell you, read the Wikipedia entry on Islam. It says, oh, you have Sunnis and you have Shiites and they hate each other. Well, Shia-run uh, Iran can partner quite nicely with Hamas, which is the military wing of the Muslim Brotherhood, a Sunni organization. 
uh, in order to kill Westerners, to try to destroy Israel, to take Americans hostage, all of which has happened. And we have to get a new president, a new policy, and a new Congress that, that recognizes what the American people, frankly, have known since 1979, that the Tehran regime, which started off by taking American diplomats hostage, is our enemy, cannot be bought off, cannot be reconciled with, cannot be, um, you know, uh, we cannot find moderates in searching for, through their government, as, as often our governments have done. Um, you know, this is a country we need to put under maximum pressure. We need to encourage the Iranians who want to topple their government. Uh, we need to stop looking the other way at, um, at, at, at oil making its way past sanctions and filling the coffers in Iran. We need to cancel the $6 billion that President Biden sent over there recently, or is about to. Yeah, wow, they have not changed, right? Yeah, we all saw it, the hostages when I was a little kid. Hey, here's Jake Sullivan. The Somehow he's still the national security advisor. Take a look. <laughs> has the president spoken to any of the families of the 14 American citizens who were killed? He has not yet spoken with the families, but the State Department has been in contact with those families, and the president has been making this his highest priority as he receives briefings each day about what we are doing to try to determine um, both what's happening with the missing and also to ensure that uh, we can secure the bodies of, of those who have perished. All right, maybe this early and um, with all that's going on, it's, I'm not going to fault him for not talking to the families at this point. But hey, Fred, what about Hezbollah? We used to hear about them all the time in Lebanon, possibly getting involved. Uh, is that in the cards? I think there's a possibility of that. We're still trying to see. There have been some missiles uh, fired over over the border into northern Israel. Uh, Hezbollah has said that it will get involved if the U.S. gets involved. Let's hope that that doesn't happen. But, you know, concerning that press conference the president gave today, he didn't mention Iran, not once. The president should have said, I want every nation funding Hamas, including Iran, to stop doing so. And if we have evidence that Iran is involved in this horrific act of terrorism, it will pay. That's what President Trump would have said. But to not mention them is to give them a pass. And, and it is really an incredible abdication of responsibility by our president. And just in a couple of seconds, Christian, why is that? I mean, we all see that they're culpable here, yet this administration gives them a pass, Obama did, trusting them. Why is that? It's just a, it's a view of the world that the way you solve the Middle East is to somehow solve Palestine and all the other problems go away, when in fact the, the source of so much of the problems in the Middle East and the real backer of political Islam, of Islamism, the same ideology that animates Hamas, al-Qaeda, ISIS, and the Iranian regime comes from Tehran itself. Uh, and that's the opponents. It doesn't mean we need to go invade Iran, but we need to put them under a lot of pressure. And, and, and to do that would, would be acknowledging the failure of so much policy in Washington, which is why Biden can't do it. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Christian Witten and Fred Flights to be continued, and we'll be right back. Hey, Carrie Lake, remember the former anchor woman who's ran a great campaign for governor of Arizona? She's not finished yet, not by a long shot. Looks like she's running for the U.S. Senate. She's uh, talking about it right now. Let's go to Arizona. I'll never forget it. It was two and a half years ago. A couple things happened. Uh, one of them was I learned how to uh, download or upload a video to the Internet. <laughs> Didn't know how to do that before, but I figured out how to do it. 
And we uploaded a video where I said goodbye and told the people of Arizona why I was leaving. I didn't want to just walk away and have them wonder what happened. I wanted to let them know that the news is full of crap. And it's gone full-blown propaganda, and I wasn't interested in lending my heart and my voice and my, and my uh, reputation to that, so I walked away. An amazing thing happened. The people of Arizona said, would you please get into politics? We need some honest politicians. I let you, guys, I let you talk me into getting into the swamp. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. <laughs> but you know what we did? And I represent We the People, and we led the most amazing movement. It was positive, it was common sense, it was about returning and restoring the government and giving it back to We the People. And then, and draining the swamp, amen, who said that? And then, yeah, everyone's, everyone said that. And then election day rolled around. After we did everything right, after we did everything right, and we saw the disaster of Election Day in Arizona. Sometimes, sometimes when things don't go the way we expect, we find ourselves questioning and asking why. And I, I really, truly do. Believe me, I've been talking to God about this. I said, why, God? I think God has bigger plans for us. I know that, that's, that doesn't necessarily make you feel good, but I will tell you what's happening right now in the world is bringing people closer to God. And honestly, I'm a woman of faith. That is the most important thing. If we are bringing people closer to God, if people are waking up, I believe that is one of the most important things we can do. It's also waking people up to what's happening in our government. And I want you to know that I am never going to walk away from the fight to restore honest elections. Never. I don't... I don't, I don't care uh, what the fake news says about it. I don't care what the corrupt people say about it. Fighting for honest elections is not a Republican issue. It's not a Democrat issue. It's an American issue. It's an American issue. And we are going to continue along fighting for honest elections. I'm never going to stop until every voter feels confident that their one legal vote counts. And I don't care who you vote for. If you vote Democrat, if you vote Republican, that's between you, God, and the ballot box, okay? You vote how you want, but I want your vote to count. I even want those fake news fools back there. I want your vote to count as well. So a lot of people, a, a lot of people have been saying, well, what's next for you, Carrie? What is next? Well, let me tell you, this mama bear has a whole lot of fight left in her. I got a lot of fight left in me. And I'm really tired of watching our politicians retreat from every single important battle. They're cowards. That's how we got into the mess we're in right now, because they have surrendered far too many hills. We are on... We're on the final hill right now. And I'm not surrendering this hill. <laughs> no. I am not going to retreat. I'm gonna stand on top of this hill with every single one of you. And I know you're by my side as I formally 
announce my candidacy for the United States Senate. I love you guys because you came out on a Tuesday night and you stand here in the heat because you love this state just as much as I do. Our nation, our children's future is on the verge of collapse. We're not in tenuous times, we're in dangerous times. And while it would be real fun to go back to my past life where things were easy and I would plan vacations with my family and we would do fun stuff, we've got one year to save this country. And we gotta go in a different direction, people. We gotta go away from Joe Biden. It's not working out. It's not working out. And I will tell you what, I will stop the push toward communism and I will be the most pro-America senator in the entire country. And the only way to fix our problems is with America First policies. Pre yep. President Trump showed us how to do it. Remember four years ago, we had $2 a gallon gas. The border was secure, inflation was non-existent, the economy worked for every American. We were, we were thriving, and then Joe Biden stumbles into the White House, and, and he... 